Hear me out first, stone me later. Jesus makes pretty clear and evident in scripture that he does have views and beliefs and opinions when it comes to political matters. And I want to discuss directly what Jesus says about these political matters and then explain why you cannot be a Democrat and be a Christian at the same time. Jesus in Matthew 17, 24 through 27 says, Now when they came to Capernaum, those who collected a two drachma tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher teach you not to pay the two drachma tax? And his response was, yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him at first saying, what do you think, Simon, from whom do the kings of the earth collect the customs or poll taxes from their sons or from strangers? When Peter said from strangers, Jesus said, then take the sons are exempt. However, so that you do not offend them, go to the sea and throw a hook into the fish and the first fish that comes up. And when it opens its mouth, you will find a stater. Take that and give it to them. Then Jesus goes on again and Jesus goes and speaks about, uh, he was asked and he was tested by the Pharisees and said, what do you think? Should we give our taxes to Caesar? And his response was, um, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. That was Jesus's response. Um, They said, should we pay taxes to Caesar? His response is give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. And it said that the people stood in amazement at Jesus's words. Think about this for a second. Why did they stand in amazement at Jesus's words? What was so awe, shock and awe about Jesus's words in this moment that they felt the need to stand in amazement at his words? Was it the fact that he told them to abide by the law? Probably not considering he was asked by the religious leaders of the day that he was told to follow the law. If we have any context of the religious leaders of the day back then, we know that these guys were religious leaders of the day because they actually followed the words of, of, of the law or at least attempted to follow the words of the Torah. So if this is the case and they're actually following the words of the Torah, why would we be amazed that Jesus said to do what they were already commanded to do anyways? So if, if that's not what it is, why then were these people in amazement? They were in amazement because Jesus was asked a, this, I really need you to get this. Jesus was asked a political question and Jesus gave them a spiritual response. I'll say that again. Jesus was asked a political statement, yet Jesus gave a spiritual response. What was the spiritual response that Jesus was given or that Jesus gave? To give to God's what is God's. What is the implication? And we know this because of them standing in amazement at it. The implication is that these people, the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, the modern day version or comparison of anything of a pastor or a preacher or reverend or a priest, Jesus says, oh, you want to talk about all these things that we should be doing? I'll tell you what we should do, be doing. We should be giving our lives to Jesus or to, to the father. We should be actually representing the father and living for the father and doing what the father has told us to do. That was highly, highly, highly offensive to these people. Why? Because that's like me saying to you who claims to be a Christian and claims to follow Jesus every day that you should start following Jesus for the first time. You would go, excuse me, I already do. That's the point that made and put Jesus in such amazement was the fact that he was telling people who were already claiming to follow Jesus. He was telling these people, oh, by the way, you should actually start following Jesus or rather the father, right? He's saying, oh yeah, by the way, you should actually start following God 
because God would actually really appreciate you actually following him, right? I'm going to go to one more passage and then I'm going to explain exactly what I mean in depth in regards to why you cannot be specifically a Democrat and a Christian. It says, then Jesus spoke to the crowds and his disciples, the scribes of Pharisees, uh, about the, about the scribes and Pharisees and saying that you have seated yourselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, whatever they tell you do and comply it with them, but do not do as they do for they say things, but they do not even do them, but they tie their heavy burdens and lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are unwilling to even move as much as a finger. They do all of their deeds to be noticed by people for they broaden their phylacteries and they lengthen the tassels of their garments and they love the place of honor at banquets and the seats of honor in the synagogue and the personal greetings in the marketplace and being called rabbi by the people. But as for you, do not be called rabbi. The only your or one only one is your teacher, and all are your brothers and sisters. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for only one is your father who is in heaven. Do not call anybody leader, for only one is your leader. That is Christ. But the greatest of you among you shall be a servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And he goes on for the rest of Matthew 23 and shreds these dudes. What's the point? Point is this: You, as a Democrat or as a Christian or as a as a conservative Republican, maybe listening and uh, and and thinking about how this gives you more ammunition to talk to Democrats. Here's what I want you to consider: Jesus was talked to one time about his political beliefs, and he gave a answer to his political beliefs. Right, and his political belief was to give God your entire life. Why is it that when Jesus was asked a question, he chose to give a difficult answer and not just answer the question, yes or no? He said, yes, but give to God's what is God's. If you as a Christian are spending your time preaching to people about your denominational views on things, or excuse me, your political views on things versus your spiritual views on things. If the most consistent thing coming out of your mouth being put on social media in conversations with people has any relevancy to LGBTQ matters, has any relevancy to abortion matters. Again, I'm not saying these are not important matters. I'm not saying you're not allowed to talk to about them. But if you're spending your time talking about these matters, but you are not spending your time talking about the matters that we see Jesus talking about, then I have a serious, serious issue with this. When we see in scripture says, do not call anybody leader for one is your leader. And that is the Christ. I don't care whether you're voting for Trump or Biden. Why are they your leader? My Bible tells me that Jesus is my leader. The greatest among you shall be a servant. We're supposed to be servants in seeing Jesus as the head, not as any sort of political leader as the head. And I see so many Christians out there that put way more content online, way more content on social media about their political views than their spiritual views. I'm not saying that there's not any interlapping, but the gospel that brings a man unto salvation should be the first and foremost priority of the conversations that we as Christians are having with the lost and believing world. If it's another believer, remember that the other believer that you're talking about is also somebody who's born again, by the way, because that's what believer means. And this is also somebody who's going to go to heaven. Uh, and, and when I hear people say things like, oh, well, this person is a Democrat, so they're not going to go to heaven. I don't see how anybody who's a Democrat could go to heaven or vice versa. I don't know anybody who is a uh, calls themselves a 
a Republican could go to heaven. You've completely missed the point. You are putting your identity by your actions. You're proving you're putting your identity more in your denominational beliefs and systems than you are in Jesus. You are proving it by your actions, what your identity is placed in. I talk to people about identity all the time, and most people struggle with their identity and saying, man, I, I struggle because I was never accepted. I was never loved. I was never appreciated, et cetera, growing up. Therefore, it's really, really hard for me to believe what God says about me. They have maybe a different identity, which is a believer, but when they're believing, when they're believing in their mind and tormented in their mind that they are not a believer, that they're not right with God, etc., that's the identity that they're placing on themselves. If they're putting there that they're not love uh, lovable, that they're unworthy, that they're not cared for, that they're still hopeless, yet that they still are born again, they have given themselves an identity that Jesus did not give them. And you're doing the exact same thing with your politics a lot of times. Not you maybe personally, but a lot of Christians are doing this. I want you to hear Paul's words inspired by the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And brethren, I, and brothers and sisters, and I, brothers and sisters, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but only as fleshly people. As infants in Christ, I gave you milk to drink and not solid food, for you were unable to consume that solid food. This is not a kind thing for him to say. He's saying y'all are spiritual children. Y'all are extremely immature in your faith, and we're about to see why they're immature in their faith. But even now, you are not able to handle it, for you are still just fleshly. Ouch. For since there is jealousy and arguments, the word there is strife, but that's what it means, among you, are you not just fleshly? Are you not walking just like any other ordinary or fleshly person? When one of you says, I am of Apollos, and another, I am of Paul, and another, are you not just ordinary people? Who then, what is Apollos, what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave you opportunity to do so. I planted Apollos water, but God brought the increase. So the one who neither plants nor waters is anything, but God who brings the increase. Listen to me, Christian. Paul's definition of spiritual immaturity is somebody who argues. If you are a Christian and you are arguing and debating and fighting and nitpicking with other believers, especially about your beliefs on these topics, I didn't say you're not allowed to talk about them. I didn't say healthy conversation was a bad thing. I said argued. Paul would call you, inspired by the Holy Spirit, so God would call you a spiritual child, that you are spiritually immature. He didn't have any relevancy to the amount of Bible knowledge that they knew. Obviously, we know that the Corinthians, from context, were extremely zealous people and people who were excited about the things that God was doing, and they were attempting to live in obedience, and they were just super zealous, but not in accordance to knowledge. We know that from the rest of the passage in the second letter written to the Corinthians. But we also know that these people were considered spiritual children because they argued. Please, Christian, I'm not saying you're not allowed to be a Democrat. I'm not saying you're not allowed to be a Republican. I'm not saying that you cannot be a Republican and saved or a Democrat and saved. What I am saying is when you, by your actions or your language, are putting your identity in your political views, you're not putting your identity in Jesus. Even if you have Jesus wrapped around it, your identity needs to be placed in Jesus Christ 
exclusively, not in a political party. If you're wondering whether you're in that camp or not, the really easy litmus test for that is to say, what am I spending all of my time and energy talking about and arguing about? If all of your conversation for the most part is revolving more around political things than spiritual things, exclusively spiritual things, then I would say that you have your answer. My point here is not to condemn or attack anybody. My point is to say, hey, let's change the conversation to talking about Jesus exclusively. And if we get our conversations about Jesus more so, we're going to see a whole lot more people coming to Jesus than your view on gay rights. Your view on gay rights has never brought somebody to Jesus. I don't care which side of the spectrum you are on in context of this conversation. And it's not bringing people to Jesus on either side. You need to make, make sure that you are like Paul uh, bringing to people 